What's going on? Welcome back from something to nothing, nothing to something, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is this is just an informational podcast that we're doing that we're just trying to enlighten everybody and and get everybody to think outside the box. Today, I actually have a special guest, another special guest. Uh, this gentleman has been working with me side by side for the last five and a half months. Um, he's been kicking the butts of a lot of our young men in the weight room and on the basketball court. Um, he's he's coming in today to give us some great, great intel about uh, the strength and conditioning world and what we need to do as coaches and parents and mentors for this next generation of athletes, um, no matter what sport these young men and women play. Uh, I think this is going to be a great, great interview, a, a great podcast. So I, I hopefully all of you guys will love it like I will, because um, I've learned a lot over the last five and a half months from this man. And I look forward to, to, to doing this, this, uh, this podcast. So stay tuned because he's coming up. All right. I appreciate you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate all my subscribers. Please follow from something to nothing. It's hard for me to start right now because this guy that's in the building with me right now um, is someone that I've admired. Um, his work ethic, the work ethic that he has with the kids that is... Um, it's been pretty great. Uh, some of the transformations of the young men that he deals with and the young ladies that he deals with. Um, but for with, with further ado, let me go ahead and introduce you to Brandon Ostaszewski. He is the weightlifting strength and conditioning coach here at Woodstock Academy. Brandon, how we doing, brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Ah, no problem. No problem at all. Um, Coach O, as he's referred to uh, here at Woodstock Academy, um, is. And we're back uh, once again. Podcast. We're here with Brandon Ostaszewski, and he's going to talk about a couple of things you know, dealing with the strength and conditioning world uh, that is beneficial to the parents out there, the mentors, the coaches, um, and, and whomever uh, deals with these young athletes of tomorrow and today. So, Brandon, thanks for, thanks for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate you. I know your time is very important. Uh, right now, I know you're you're working on your doctorate degree. Yep. Uh, could you could you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So um, uh, recently, I just finished up my master's degree from California University of PA. Uh, then I transitioned right into studying for my doctorate, uh, which is in 
uh, doctorate in uh, health and human performance from Concordia University of Chicago. It's an online program, so it's good for me because I get to practically work with uh, the athletes here at the Academy and during my free time, I get to uh, research and study for my doctorate. Nice, nice, nice. Now, what, what are some of the things and the techniques that you've learned during that time of study for your master's uh, program that you have implemented here at the academy working with the athletes that you're working with? Yeah, good question. So um, basically I learned how, how the body adapts to training um, uh, and all the progressions and regressions that you can use to uh, implement into an athlete's program. Um, especially at the high school level, a lot of the high school athletes have no experience, previous experience working with uh, strength conditioning or weight training, um, etc. So uh, I keep it very simple for them, uh, and the goal is for them is to properly progress uh, throughout the throughout their own regimen. Nice, nice, nice. Now, you you brought up progressions and regressions. Yes. Could you elaborate a little bit more about progressions and what what that what that entails and regressions and what that entails as well, um, so that our listeners out there could get a picture sure. of what they need to be doing um, far as their workouts are concerned. Sure. So so when when an athlete first comes into the door, the first thing that I, I do is to evaluate their movement. Uh, we we start off with body weight movement which is also known as a foundation phase uh, within our programming or a general prep phase. Um, and then depending on how they perform that body movement, we, we, we will eventually progress into um, uh, overload, which, which includes free weights such as barbells, kettlebells, um, power blocks, dumbbells, things of that sort. Oh, nice, nice. Now you, you mentioned foundation phase. Yes. Um, what are some of the foundation phases that you've seen over the time that you've been a strength and conditioning coach that one has alarmed you to the fact that these young athletes haven't been doing the right things and then two that they have been doing the right things and that they just need a little bit more to continue their progression and not a regression um in their in their workouts sure yeah, so from a weight room perspective, uh, one of the movements that we evaluate is the squat. Um, we start out with the body squat movement. We see if they properly execute the movement. Um, some of the common errors within the body weight squat is uh, athlete may come up on their toes when they squat down. Some of them may have a forward trunk lean, which means uh, well they'll lean forward. So we work on building that foundation, again, for them to properly execute those movements to allow for, for the future progression. What, what are some of the uh, movements needed to have a steady foundation, um, to work on a steady foundation for an athlete? What, yeah. what, what, what I mean, as far as squats is concerned, right. are there any other uh, progressions that student athletes need to understand about their body that they have, you know, they can find out if they have a, a, a positive foundation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there, there's the squat, of course. Um, hinge movement, which which involves hinge, hinging at the hips. Um, so progressions could start out from doing just a simple hip hip bridge where you lie, lie down on the ground, uh, drive the hips up, and that will eventually progress into doing um, a, a deadlift. Uh, pressing overhead, uh, we evaluate to see how athletes press above the head. Um, 
uh, pushing, upper body push, such as the uh, push-up, pulling movements uh, to see how their, their posterior uh, aspect of their body works. Um, and those are, those are the, basically, and lunging as well. So the movements that I really focus on are again, squat, lunge, press, push, and pull. Nice, nice, nice. Now, dealing with athletes, what is the difference when dealing with athletes in a, in a weight room and dealing with regular students in a weight room? That's a good question. So with athletes, they have to specifically train for their sport. So um, during the, the, their, actually the, the regimen will be obviously completely different than, than the general population. Um, for example, for the preseason, they'll have to uh, work on the demands of the sport. So uh, whichever the demands of the sport is needed, uh, that will have to be implemented into their training program. Uh, and I'm glad that you brought up this uh, specifically train for their sport. What if they're, they're a multi-sport athlete? How does their training affect what is the difference in their training compared to uh, an athlete that specifically, let's say, football or just basketball or their track and field? What, as a trainer, uh, what do you do to modify their training regimen to fit the seasonal sports that they play. Right, that's a great question. So, um, for the multi-sport athlete, um, generally I, I focus more on the, the foundation, um, those five movements: the, the squat, bench. I mean, I'm sorry, the squat, uh, the upper body push, the pull, the lunge, and the hinge movements. Um, so, depending on their season. So, for example, if we have an athlete that plays both football and then uh, plays baseball in the spring so for a football player starting out their preseason will be intended for them to uh, progress into the football workout and then after the season they'll prepare for the upcoming baseball season so in preparation for the sport um, we'll have the athlete prepare for that sport that that upcoming season and then as it transitions into the other sport, which is baseball in this case, then we'll, we'll prepare that athlete for the, for the sport of baseball. What do you do for athletes that have plateaued um, in their workouts, in their workout regiments? They've reached the numbers that were given to them um, for their plans. What are some of the specific things that you do as a trainer that allows you to be a little bit different than others that get gets that kid to that next level, um, that wants to obtain that next goal um, in his his or hers uh, abilities in the weight room? Yeah, so we use a system, it's called uh, periodization. So um, it's basically just simply termed, it's it's a fluctuation in phases from week to week. So to prevent that plateau, uh, one of the most common systems of periodization I use is called uh, linear periodization. Um, Also sometimes depending on uh, the situation I may convert that into an undulating periodization protocol which is uh, just differently uh, differentiating the phases Uh, but simply I'll start an athlete which is known as uh, for the first week uh, a base week and then I'll progress into a load week 
and then we'll implement on the third week is uh, reload to deload, deload week. So it's kind of like an active recovery week. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so the athlete can recover from the, the previous two phases. And then we'll bump up the intensity and perform a performance week. So we fluctuate uh, the intensities on a weekly basis to prevent, to prevent the athlete from plateauing. Man, that was some great, great, <laughs> great information. Um, we're going to take a small break. We're going to take a small break and we'll, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, welcome back to the podcast from something to nothing, nothing to something. We're back with with Coach O. And uh, Coach O was just going over some things far as plateauing, progression and regression. But I want to get into certified trainers. You have on a shirt now that says CSC. Could you could you uh, tell our viewers about and listeners about uh, that particular program that yeah. you are an advocate of? Yeah, sure. So I, I'm a certified strength and conditioning spe specialist by the uh, NSCA or the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, it's a great organization to be a part of. They're all strength and certified strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, now the requirements for all high schools, colleges, professional sports have to have um, a CSCS requirement in order to be a strength and conditioning coach. Um, it's a great, again, it's a great organization. I'm proud to be uh, certified by them. Um, they provide a, 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 a lot of uh, resources, um, connection, connection opportunities, uh, things of that sort. What would you tell a young man or young lady that wants to be a trainer uh, about the program and going through the program and learning from veterans in the program who have been certified trainers for, you know, 30, 40 years? What would you tell the next wave of trainers that are coming up through the college ranks right now? What would you tell them to expect from being a strength and conditioning coach as well as being a certified coach to coach strength and conditioning, mm -hmm. um, what would you kind of, what type of advice would you give them in order for them to be successful with the ne next wave of athletes? Right. So the first thing I, I would tell them is to get your education first, um, especially in uh, kinesiology, exercise science, so you, you know how the body adapts to training. Uh, to nutrition and things of that sort. And then once you get the uh, your bachelor's or, or master's in, in that degree or that subject, um, th then you wanna, you wanna network with people. You wanna go to conferences, clinics, uh, camps, things of that sort, just so you get your foot in the door. And um, you start to introduce yourself to other people. Um, and then you, you, that's, that's, that's how I uh, progress in the profession. Um, I did some volunteer work too. That's another great opportunity uh, with colleges, with high schools, and basically just, just to get your foot in the door. What type of camps should these, and you, you mentioned, you elaborated on camps and volunteering. What type of camps or clinics should these uh, young trainers go to that they can gain the most knowledge for Laps. Right. So, so you want to go to camps or clinics in which sport you're interested in, in 
for, for strength conditioning. For me, one of my favorite sports is basketball. So I go, to, I try to go to a lot of clinics or camps in, in regards to uh, the sport of basketball. So um, for me, I would go to the NBA, uh, uh, NBA Strength and Conditioning Association's uh, conference, which is usually held during the combine every year. Uh, the national conference is always a great place to go to to network with those people. Um, and, I mean, and if you don't have access to that, if you're unable to uh, travel or if you're unable to, um, to transport yourself to different areas of the country, you can always just uh, look to see if there's a local uh, certified strength and conditioning specialist at your high school or at the college or pro even professional team where you can go in, shadow, introduce yourself, network, and, and learn how they run their strength and conditioning program. Do you think there needs to be certified strength and conditioning coaches at every high school in America? Yes, absolutely, yep. And uh, the National High School Strength and Conditioning Association, it's, it's a new organization. I believe it started back in, in 2016, so their mission is to do that. Their mission is to um, install or add on uh, certified strength and conditioning specialists at all high schools throughout the, the country. What do you think the benefits of doing such thing uh, for the student athlete? Uh, proper progression, um, also in the school. Um, it's not a liability issue. Um, the athletes know how to, or the athletes will know how to properly progress uh, with their movements. It'll be safe. Um, there will be less injuries in the weight room. Um, there will be less injuries on the basketball court, football field, because kids will be get, getting stronger. Man, that is, that's wonderful. Uh, you elaborated on the kids, as far as kids getting it stronger. What, at what age do you think it is appropriate for young teens to get into the weight room and get with the strength and conditioning coach um, compared to, you know, just having fun, just learning what they're learning about their bodies more so? I think I think kids can start at a young age, um, even if they're like eight or nine years old. Just start to learn the basic uh, body weight movements, uh, and then I would say probably around middle school they can start to learn how to um, lift properly, um, and then they'll help build that foundation up until high school. Have you seen any case studies that have shown kids who have been exposed to weights and strength and conditioning? programs properly be more successful than those who have been exposed to a good strength and conditioning program later on in life? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there's tons of uh, resources and articles out there showing the benefits of strength and conditioning programs uh, being implemented into the high school ranks. Um, but but that, that brings up a great point. There, there should be more uh, researchers that investigate that that investigate the, the benefits of strength and conditioning at a young age so they can do a long-term study to see the progression throughout the years. I can't think of any long-term studies off of the top of my head, but I definitely know there has been uh, some short-term studies that, uh, especially at the high school level, where, where athletes have benefit uh, from strength and conditioning programs. Oh, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Um, I, I thank you. I thank you for enlightening us with this information. And I think that as a fellow former athlete myself, 
getting exposed to the proper techniques helped me along the way mm -hmm. as an athlete and it it helped me understand how important weights are but i wanted to ask you one thing do you think let's take a kid for example zion williamson mm -hmm. Uh, a, a good strength and conditioning program, what does that add to the value of a kid like a Zion Williamson who people use the terminology freak? Yep. You know, because we can't explain why a 285-pound uh, young man, a uh, young adult who's at the age of 18, 19 years old with at least a 45-inch vertical is doing some of the things and being able to move the certain way that he moves. Do you think that is a, a, a good case study to say that he was exposed to a weight room and a strength and conditioning program that cared about what he wants to be later on in life? Or do you think that that was just a, genetically, it was in his DNA that pretty much he was going to be able to do all this stuff regardless of a weight room or not. Right. Well, I, I think both factors take into account. I think uh, genetically, um, Zion was, he was genetically gifted um, throughout his life. And also, I mean, the addition of strength and conditioning program, of a, uh, of a proper strength and conditioning program could not hurt Zion Williamson. It could, it could, he could definitely benefit from that. Um, I know definitely from Duke for the, his first year, he, he most definitely uh, added that strength conditioning program in his uh, training, but I'm, I'm not sure about his high school experience. Uh, I just I've just seen the highlights. I don't know if he had a high school strength conditioning coach, but I'm I'm almost positive that um, if he incorporated the strength conditioning routine, at least through his freshman year of college, that's going to help him uh, carry on in, into the NBA. What is uh, what is one of the programs that you admire how they their strength and conditioning program has been so successful with their student athletes? What university out there that you look at as almost like a case study for yourself and what you're doing here at the academy? Um, who what what program might that be? Well, I did my undergraduate studies at, at Temple University, and I, I learned a lot from Coach Levy, who's the basketball strength and conditioning coach at, at Temple, and just to, just to see how he operates and to, just to see how um, the freshmen progress throughout the year um, was amazing to see. I, I've been fortunate to work under him for two years, uh, so I learned a lot through him. Um, and I'm sure not, he's not the only one. A lot of co college strength and conditioning coaches are doing a fantastic job uh, progressing uh, a freshman all the way to a senior. Um, and and just, just seeing that progression is, is amazing to see. Wow, 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 that's great. Shout out to Coach Levy. Uh, shout out to the Temple, <clears throat> the Temple Owls. Um, you guys have turned out a great one right here. Uh, stay tuned for more more of this wonderful information that we're getting from all types of wonderful people. I mean, we're going to have all types of guests on to the podcast and we're going to continue to help out the next generation of decision makers. Um, this is what this podcast is all about at the end of the day. So 
Thank you, Coach O. Coach O, do you have any social media outlets that you would love for the people to reach you at if you have them? Yeah, Please, coach, sure. Coach Dove, thanks for having me again. You can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter handle is B underscore Ostaszewski. Ostaszewski is spelled O-S-T-A-S-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Ah, appreciate it. You can find me at Coach Dove on Twitter. Um, Instagram, I'm, I'm not really on Instagram that much, but Coach Dove's, you know, and that's Dove like the soap, D-O-V-E. Um, you can check this out and you can follow us. Follow us on From Something to Nothing or Nothing to Something. Um, on the podcast, we're available on all podcasting, streaming uh, apps out there. And we look forward to uh, giving you more great content. Thank you and have a wonderful day.